In today's message, Pastor Harris will unpack all in discipleship, how to be an ambassador for Christ. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, and I want to continue our theme this morning entitled All in Discipleship, All in Discipleship, and I want to speak about being all in ambassadors for Jesus. For last week, we began talking about what it, what it means to be an all-in disciple of Jesus Christ. And we said, I said last week that, you know, sometimes we make some simple things very complicated. But you see, discipleship is not really all that complicated. Because discipleship, it's not, first of all, about completing a series of workbooks or attending classes or, or working through some manual, getting a degree. Nor is discipleship something that's merely um, spiritual and ethereal, kind of beyond our reach. But in fact, um, discipleship is quite practical, even we might say pragmatic. But you see, being a disciple, as we saw last week, is first of all simply about being a follower of Jesus. Being a disciple, it begins by simply saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. Again, it's not complicated, but it's also not necessarily easy because we saw last week that there's a cost to discipleship and a commitment that goes with it. So we saw that, that to be a disciple of Jesus, it, it, it means going where Jesus would have us go, doing what Jesus would have us to do, no matter what it might cost us. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it so many years ago, to the call to discipleship says, follow me. Run along behind me, and that is all. And so, again, to be a disciple is, first of all, to be a follower of Jesus. But today I want to look at this second aspect of being an all-in disciple of Jesus Christ. For a disciple of Jesus is to be an ambassador or a representative for Jesus. And I want to read for us from Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 1, where the scripture says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, notice, here's the cost. Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Verse 6. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. May God bless his word to us this morning. Well, I think we all have some sense of what it means to be an ambassador. For you see, an ambassador is that person we know who represents a king or a president or a government. It's that person who speaks on behalf of the one from whom they've been sent, sometimes given the authority to sign documents on their behalf, to negotiate treaties, and so forth. The closest thing that I've come to um, experiencing what that means is to be a POA, a, a power of attorney. Some of you have had that experience as well. I've had to do that for my dad and for my aunt and others in my family. Um, that power of attorney kind of says to me that, that I'm then functioning. I'm functioning on behalf of someone else, not on behalf of myself. I'm doing what they would want me to do. I'm signing documents as if they were signing the document themselves. 
And you see, this is an important concept when it comes to discipleship. For the disciples, as we'll see this morning, they were commissioned by Jesus to be his ambassadors, to be his representatives, especially to people who may have never had the opportunity to meet him up close and personal. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. You see, especially once Jesus left this earth, he expected that his followers would represent him and represent him well by living out the life that he had taught them to live and fulfilling the mission that he had given them to fulfill. And in Luke chapter 9, the passage that we read, it's almost like Jesus was giving his disciples a test run. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go proclaim this message and heal the sick and so forth. And he's sending them out two by two by themselves. In Luke 10, we read of Jesus then sending out 72 of his followers. Again, it's like he's giving them a test run so they'll have some sense of what it will be like once he is gone from this earth. And he wanted them to understand what he expected of them once he was gone. And from these accounts, I I think we learn a few things about what it means to be a disciple who lives as an ambassador or a representative for Jesus. And I want to say, again, that during this time we're in, during this crisis that we're in right now as as, as communities, as a state, as nation, as a world, I believe more than ever before, the people around us, they need people who will represent Jesus to them. They need to know that there are disciples of Jesus nearby. And church, we need to be those people. We need to be those representatives. I find that, first of all, a disciple is commissioned to deliver the message of Jesus, to deliver the message of Jesus. I think many of us here, we know what it was like as kids to play the game telephone. Somebody starts with a message and it gets passed on from ear to ear to ear, kind of whispered from one ear to the next. And by the time you get to the end of the line, you know, the message is more mixed up than, than ever and, and usually completely lost. We might say it's kind of the way people often pass on information as they add their own little bits to spice it up or to put in their own personality or to leave some things out to make the message say what they want it to say. We see this especially as information gets passed through the Internet today, and, and the message that, that, that it began with often later on is a much different message. But that's not the way it's supposed to be with the disciples of Jesus. For a follower of Jesus is supposed to be very, very careful that he or she does not mess up or water down or change in any way the message that Jesus has given us to pass on. After all, it's not our message, it's his message. So the disciples, they didn't need to make up their own message. They were to simply preach the message that Jesus had given them to deliver. And so we read in Luke 9, verse 2, that he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God. And if you go back through the Gospels, you find that's exactly what Jesus' message was. We're told that wherever he went, he preached, the kingdom of God is near. 
That was his basic theme, and thus it was the theme or the message that his disciples were to carry. The kingdom of God is near. It was a message of good news that told people that in spite of what they saw happening in the world around them, and in spite of what was happening in their lives, God was breaking in through the person of his son, Jesus. It was a message of hope, telling people that that, that things were not going to stay the way they were, but God had a plan. God was doing something new. God was doing something good. It was a message of salvation that said, listen, no one needs to be lost in their sin. There's a way of salvation for even the most awful of sinners. That way was being made through Jesus, God's son. And it was a message of renewal. For through Jesus, God was making all things new. Light was breaking into darkness. Eternal life had come. Their lives could be new. You see, this was the message that his disciples were to carry with them. They didn't need to come up with something to say. They didn't need to figure out what to preach. They didn't need to invent some deep, heavy, philosophical or theological discourse. All they needed to do was deliver the message of Jesus, that through Jesus, the coming of Jesus, the kingdom of God was breaking into our world. The kingdom of God was near, and that by following Jesus, one could experience the salvation of God. I want to tell us this morning as ambassadors of Jesus, right, that very same message is our own. Oh, we don't go in our, in our, in, in ourselves with our own message, but we've been sent with a message and it's very simple. It's the message of Jesus. What's been passed on to us. It's the message that today we call the gospel or the good news. And I know, you know, as well as I do that people today, they need a bit of good news. Oh, it's a message that says that through the person and work of Jesus, the kingdom of God has come near. The Apostle Paul calls it the message of reconciliation when he writes that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he's committed to us this message of reconciliation. Elsewhere, he refers to it as the message of the cross, for it's a message that tells us of how through the death of Jesus on the cross and subsequently his resurrection from the grave, the penalty for our sin has been paid. Yes, it's a message of good news. It's a message of hope, a message of salvation, a message of renewal. And may we never forget that it's a message of love. For the Bible says that God so loved us, so loved our world, that he gave his one and only son for us. Oh, it's a great message of love. Oh, it's no wonder for so many years the church has sent missionaries around our world to preach the gospel the good news as they've gone with the message of Jesus. It's no wonder that we've encouraged uh, people in the church as they've been growing in Christ to continue to testify and to share that message. For as disciples of Jesus, we're not coming up with our own message, but we're simply passing on the message that Jesus gave to us. As all in disciples, we deliver his message, a message that our world especially needs to hear today. But secondly, we find this morning that a disciple is commissioned not only to to bring the message of Jesus, but to do the work of Jesus. For in Luke 9, we read that he gave them power and authority to drive out demons, to cure diseases, to heal the sick. In other words, everything Jesus had been doing, they were now to do. Now think for a moment, can you imagine what it must have been like for these men as they were 
first standing and watching Jesus do all of those things. I mean, it was one thing to for them to cheer him on as he cast out demons and healed people. And I can just picture them on the sidelines going, yes, Jesus, go for it. Do it, Jesus. But now Jesus is sending them out and he says, I want you to do it. I want you to do it yourself. Just as, as Jesus backed up his preaching with signs and wonders, so too these men were supposed to do as Jesus did. And again, notice they didn't have to figure out what to do. I mean, Jesus told them. They didn't have to come up with something new or novel. They just had to do what Jesus had been doing. And notice that as well that the Bible says that he gave them power and authority. For you see, God always empowers us for whatever tasks he gives us. Let me say that again. God always empowers us for whatever tasks he gives us. And Jesus gave his disciples the power and authority that they would need to do what he was sending them to do. It's like even an ambassador being sent from a government. He can only go based on the power and authority that he's been given. And so just like that kind of ambassador, these disciples, they were going in authority that we might say was derived authority. That, that is, it was not their own. It was not naturally their own power and authority, but this was a divine power and authority. As his ambassadors, everything they do would be done not in their own name, but in the name of Jesus. And thus in Jesus' name, we read, his disciples went out and they preached and they cast out demons and they healed the sick. In the name of Jesus, they did the works of Jesus. And not only here, but as you go into the book of Acts, you, you, you find the, the apostles, wherever they went, they ministered in the name of Jesus because it wasn't their power, it wasn't their authority, but they went under his name. And I re I'm reminded this morning that we as well today as Jesus ambassadors, representatives, that, 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 that we are meant to continue his work in the day and age in which we live. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, he said, believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. And he goes on to say, I tell you the truth. Anyone who, is in who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus says, listen, listen, when I go, the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he's going to empower you. And you're going to do greater things, greater works. Or, or, or the thought here is the same works but in an increased number. But notice it's all based on the fact that we do it in Jesus' name. In Acts 1.8, we read these words where Jesus says before he leaves this earth, he says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses as my representatives in earth and in all Judea and in, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, this morning I'm reminded that Ultimately, it's, 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 it's not so much about the casting out of demons and the miraculous healings or any particular miraculous work, although we believe that God still does miracles. But, but as we look at Jesus' life, we need to remember this, that, that all of his works were done, not to put on a show, not to draw attention to himself, but they were all about reaching out to the broken, touching the untouchables 
bringing hope to people who felt hopeless, bringing those who are far from God to a place of, of forgiveness and reconciliation to bring them into the kingdom of God. Jesus' works weren't, weren't, weren't just about proving himself, but they were about breaking into a person's life and letting them know that the kingdom of God was near. You know, years ago, years ago when I was in India, I was traveling on a plane within the country, and I was sitting next to a Hindu man, a very nice man. He was a businessman, and, and we began talking. He was asking me what I did, and I told him I was a pastor, and I was there in India and preaching and ministering in some churches and, and doing some, some, some other work there. And he said these words to me, which have kind of sat with me since then. He said, you know, we as Hindus, sometimes we fail to appreciate what Christians have done for our nation. He said, because it was the Christian missionaries who came. They built schools. They built orphanages. They built hospitals throughout India. And I think today of, of the work of, 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 of men and women like Mark and Holda Bantain who went into Calcutta. And today, the, the feeding programs and the hospitals and all that they did, doing the works of Jesus. I think about the work that we've been involved in down in Nicaragua with the children there, or even how we're trying to minister to families here in Monmouth County. And you see, ultimately, it's all about doing the work of Jesus. Right? Whatever he calls us to do, we do his work, that someone would come to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them, that the kingdom of God is coming near. And I remind us today that we've been empowered and given the authority to do the works of Jesus wherever we go. We can still lay hands on the sick and see them healed. We can still see the intervention of God take place in someone's life. We do the work of Jesus. And finally this morning, I'm reminded from the scripture here that a disciple is commissioned to represent the person of Jesus. That is, the life of an all-in disciple of Jesus is meant to give to those around them a glimpse of Jesus himself. Now, you know, my children, uh, you know, many of you know I have, <clears throat> I have three children, all young adults at this point. And as they've grown, listen, there are many ways that they're not like me. Thank God, right? Right? I mean, the Harris family, the church, the world can only handle one Tim Harris. I always say that. So they're not exactly like me. They're, they're not clones. But there are certain aspects about them that are like me. In fact, there was a time when my son Nathaniel, just maybe a year or two ago, he went to a gathering, a party of some sort, and, and someone in the room there said, wait a minute, is your father a pastor? You look like, you know, and then, of course, it all came out. Yeah, he was my son and so forth. And so, yeah, they're not like me, but in some ways they are. But in fact, here's the thing. I still expect, and if they're listening, I hope they catch this, but I still expect that wherever they are, that they represent me and our family and the name that they carry, the Harris name, that they represent us well. And you see, that's what Jesus is asking of us, that we who are his disciples, we who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we who carry his name, that we would represent him to the world around us and we would re represent him well by how we live, what we say, how we respond, how we react 
For you see, our lives are meant to give to people a taste of who Jesus is, giving them a taste of his love and his grace, a sense of his power, a sense of the hope and the peace and salvation that only he can bring. But I'm afraid that too often Jesus' disciples have given him a bad name. And it's not that there's a problem with Jesus, but it's the way he's been represented. Oh, you know what I mean. We put the bumper stickers on our cars that say, Jesus loves you, and then excuse me for saying it, but we give the finger to the guy who cuts us off. We excuse our sin by saying, well, I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven. We tell people about the grace of God, but we fail to show grace to those who fail us. We talk about Jesus' sacrificial love, and yet we live our lives in consumption mode. You see, here's the question we need to ask ourselves. When people see us, as people interact with us, do they catch anything of Jesus? As people get to know us, do they get to know anything about Jesus? Do we uphold Jesus' name or do we drag it down? How do our, effect, how do our lives affect people's perception of who Jesus is? An all-in disciple represents his or her master, not just in word, but most of all, through the way in which they live. You know as well as I do that people today are afraid, confused, anxious, and many of us are. But if they are to have any hope, if we are to have any hope, if the world around us is to have any hope, then they need to know that there's a God in heaven who loves them and who is able to keep them and save them. I was speaking to one of my sisters the other day, and she was talking about how this one person calls her and is just so, like, filled with all this negative stuff. And I said to her, I said, Faith, listen, people who don't have faith, they don't have hope. People all around us need to be brought to that place of faith. But they need to hear the good news of the gospel. They need to encounter the power of Jesus. They need to encounter the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus. And listen, if you're kind of feeling today like you're that one who's afraid, confused, anxious, without hope, then I want you to know there's still good news. There's good news for you. For God loves you, and the proof of his love for you is that he sent his son Jesus to this earth to live for you, to die for you, for each one of us, that our sin would be forgiven, that we would have, 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 have new hope birthed in, in our hearts. And it's a hope not just for this life, but it's a hope that goes beyond this life, the hope of eternal life with God, our Heavenly Father. And maybe there's someone today that you need to bow your head and pray. And, you know, maybe much of this, this, this message somehow didn't connect with you, but you know in your heart, you know in your heart, that you need God, that you need Jesus to change your life, to give you peace, to give you hope today, to forgive you of, of your sin and to give you new life, even the hope of eternal life. And I would just encourage you today, if that's you, just to bow your head and pray and say, God, I come to you. I come to you like I'm messed up. I have sin in my life. I'm confused. I'm anxious. But God, I come to you today. And I put my faith in all you've done for me through Jesus. And I give myself 
today to you to, to experience your eternal life and to begin to follow you and to live a new life. Again, the Apostle Paul, he wrote these words, we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And so if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, then you have to ask yourself, what kind of ambassador are you? Are you faithfully delivering the message of Jesus? Are you bringing to those around you the message of good news? Are you doing the works of Jesus, bringing help and healing and forgiveness and wholeness into people's lives? Most of all, are you representing well the person of Jesus to those who so desperately need to know him today? Oh, in the midst of all that's happening in our, in our world today, in the midst of the crisis we find ourselves, there's still a need for those who will, who, who will stand up and say, listen, yes, the, our world is being turned upside down, but I want you to know the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. There's a need for those who will reach out, proclaiming the good news and bringing a touch of hope and healing and leading them to God as their heavenly father. There's, there's a need for those who will be Jesus to them. And that's a challenge to us today. That if we're going to be all in disciples, then we must live our lives representing Jesus and representing him well. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? So, Father, this morning, in Jesus' name, I pray for your church. I pray for your people. I pray for some today, maybe, who for the very first time are reaching out to you. They need hope. They need healing. They need to know your forgiveness, your grace, and your mercy. They need the gift of eternal life to be poured into them. I pray for them today as they cry out to you in the name of Jesus that you would minister to them that you would touch them, and that they would know that today the kingdom of God is coming very near to them. And Lord, others of us today, we stand here. We, we, we lift our hands before you. We put our hands over our hearts, whatever it is, as a sign today that we commit ourselves to being ambassadors for Jesus, representatives for Jesus by the message that we bring, the things we do, the lives we live. God, I pray your anointing upon your people and that during this time you would use us as your people, as your church to bring blessing, to bring grace and healing. And God, that through us the world would know that even in these difficult hours that the kingdom of God is near and that the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God is available to all who will call upon your name. Bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you sing one last song with, with Kim and Pastor Guy this morning? To 